Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to a brand new week of The Ralph Report. So happy to have you joining us here on a Monday. It is your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Well, for those people who... uh aren't interested in hearing us talk about football, you're in luck because there won't be a lot of that. <laughs> no need. Today, because there is no joy in Mudville for uh, either of us. Uh, Eddie actually was a lot closer in, in his game of the Redskins against the Niners. Yeah, literal Mudville. Yes, it was a, it was a sloppy, wet field. And then uh, my team just played as if they were playing in mud. <laughs> On one side of the ball, and the other team was playing on nice, freshly mowed grass. You guys got to stop sporting the other team 15, 16, 17 points. Doesn't help. Doesn't help when you give them a double-digit lead by coughing up the ball and just letting them- uh, That's crazy. Letting them uh, and, uh, run all over you. Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. So, uh, neither the Eagles nor the Redskins feeling very good this morning. That means neither are Eddie nor I as fans. And so, the good news is you won't hear any fight songs- <laughs> <laughs> Only three games out, though. Only three games out. You are so. you're not three the, games out. The eternal optimist. No, not. Oh. That's like me saying I'm one game out. It just doesn't matter. It's just it's gonna. I, it's just, we got the Buffalo next week. They're Ooh. five and one. Yeah, that's and a tough playing one. Playing like champions. I don't know who you guys oh, are who facing. Do we have? Week, I, but... I don't even. I have to stop paying attention. Yeah, I don't. So, look, I don't look forward. <laughs> it was. Uh, I look back. It was. It was a long game last night for me to watch, and so. Uh, Good news is people tired tired of hearing fly eagles fly. You got the week off. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Vikings Thursday night. That's who we got. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> Going up against your old yeah. uh, quarterback in Minnesota. Going to be yeah. fun. He's playing pretty well these yeah, days. Yeah, he's dropping touchdowns all over the place. Yeah. So <laughs> I think Eddie and I both will be quiet again <laughs> next Monday as well. So that's all good news. That's okay though cuz we got a brand new show for you today, October 21st. It's a good one too. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because we got a lot of good stuff to talk about in the entertainment news. It is holiday or holiday, of course, because it's Monday. But before we get to any of that stuff, including your phone calls, I want to talk about some things I saw over the weekend. Two stories I saw that shattered my view of the world. Oh, that's pretty big. It is. Because here's the thing. When you're a kid and like me, and I think I can speak for Eddie, too, you're a bit of a geek. And you like science fiction and comic book stuff and, and things like that. There are expectations about what the future's going to hold, right? Yeah. You'd, you would have think by now we'd have flying cars. Minimum. At bare minimum, we'd have flying cars. We'd have meal pills that you could just <laughs> I'm take. I'm still looking forward to that. It would fill your stomach up and give you all your nutrients. Oh, God, that would be awesome. And they would just be able to, you know, cure cancer with like a like a laser beam yeah. and stuff. We thought the future. Jetpacks, at jet least. Jetpacks. <laughs> the future was promised to us in the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s, a, a miraculous utopian world of scientific achievement. Yeah. And has not come to pass. No. On any level. At all. We have regressed as a society, if anything. It seems like we put all of our focus into the internet. 
Yeah. And stop building stuff. Oh, that was a mistake. And, <laughs> it really was. And science seems not really to have many breakthroughs anymore. You no. don't hear about a lot of breakthroughs. No. So I read two stories this weekend that made my head explode. Really? That made me think about those halcyon days of yore when I was a little boy reading comic books or watching Star Trek saying, okay, maybe in the future we will have these miraculous achievements. So this segment may be recurring. I don't know. I don't know how often these things are going to come up, but I'm calling it science fiction or science fact. Science fiction or science fact. All right. Let me tell you (laughs) what I read this weekend. Okay. What? Scientists Uh in Moscow, of all places, figures commie bastards ruskies learning how to affect elections and change the world Mm. scientists at the moscow institute of physics and technology have oh uh, this is all Mm. this is all they've done what have they done they've managed to reverse time say what that's all say what you heard me how do they do that reverse time remember how when we were kids we were thinking someday we'd have a time machine yeah well these scientists uh, have had a breakthrough where they're able to reverse time. Wait, wait no. How, like what? Like in Doctor Strange when he made the apple get uneaten? Yes. That sort of thing? That kind of thing. Really? Yes. Here's, you know, it's, a, it's at a very uh, basic level, and it's only a computer model, but they have, they have broken the laws of physics, basically. Allow me to explain. Please explain. Keeping in mind, explain in the best of my ability, not being <laughs> either a quantum physicist nor a computer expert. Okay. But I will try to dumb this down so that I may be able to explain it to you. Okay. In hopes that maybe you will be able to understand it. I doubt it. Well, I, I'm talking to you, the, the general. Oh, the general. You're not out there okay. in the I, I, You're I, pointing at me. I know, but, but. You, you represent to me the, the listening audience. Oof, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, so here's, <laughs> here's I'm going to start with, with the second law of thermodynamics. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm sure you're well-versed in the second one. I know that I'm on ace on the first one. Uh, the you're, second not, one you're a little unclear the second in the second one. second one stumps me all the time. The second one is that any system can only move towards a less ordered system. That, so, that the chaos or disorder of a system, its entropy, can never decrease. It's yeah. always going to happen. Any given system is going to break down into chaos. Yeah, universe given tor- time. lens towards chaos. Exactly. All of that. It's constantly yes. devolving. So if you start off with something that is ordered, time yeah. will pass, and that will break down into entropy and scatter into chaotic elements. Yeah. Okay. That is a law. I've heard of that one. Yes. Of thermodynamics. So here's what these folks in Moscow did. Using a, a simple IBM quantum computer. You know, one of those simple IBM Ugh. quantum computers. Not any of the complex I threw ones. one away a couple weeks ago. Right. Using a quantum computer program, you can use what are called qubits. Now, qubits are much like any regular computer bit, and it can be a one or a zero. That's how so most- binary. Right. That's how gotcha. information is, is computerized, yeah. right? We know that much. Now, a qubit can also take a form called superposition, where they are both one and zero at the same time. Hmm. Okay. So, what this computer does is they set up their qubits as zeros. Now, according to these quantum laws, the passage of time will cause the computer to fall out of this order so that the qubits are soon going to be a random assortment of ones, zeros, or both. It won't be able to maintain its zero form okay. over the passage of time. It's just not possible. It will decay 
into chaos. Even in a computer program, it tends yes. towards chaos. Yes, that's just that's just the law. Okay, they've got they've got these qubits. They're able to program them as ones or zeros, but left alone with the passage of time, they will eventually start to decay into either ones, zeros, or both. They they won't be able to maintain their zero ness gotcha. over a period of time. Okay. Proving, therefore, the second law of thermodynamics. Right. You got me so far? Got you so far. Okay. So what they did was they, they took a second program that told the computer to run backward. Simple command, run backward. Not simple at all. It's very difficult to make the computer do this, but I'm trying to simplify it for you, okay? Yeah. So they ran the first program again, <laughs> which had the qubits in okay. their zero form, and okay. those qubits naturally over time began to decay into ones, zeros, or both. Then by running the second program, the backward program, they were able to put the qubits back together again into their zero, zero state about 85% of the time. So imagine, if you will, you drop a drinking glass on the floor in the kitchen. Right. It shatters into shards of glass. Mm -hmm. And then you were to press a button or run a program, and those shards would reassemble into a glass 85% of the time that you ran that computer program. Okay. You're running time backwards. But in a computer. Yes, but it shouldn't even happen in a computer. The fact that they were able... To use a computer program to to accomplish this right. is counter to everything we know about the laws of physics. It's the first step. It's the breakthrough step in thinking that perhaps this law can be circumvented using these high-powered quantum computers. So imagine that on a grander scale when somehow you're managed to put a, a living thing inside some sort of field that is operated like by one of these. Like a dead plant and then you could put it and then reverse it This is it what I'm saying. <laughs> or... Right. An old podcast host. <laughs> and then you could be a young podcast I'm saying host. if you ran the computer backwards, who's <laughs> to say that if we can find some way to create a field that would affect human cells that we couldn't force them to also adhere to the same but are you principles? Are you affecting it at a cellular level or are you affecting, well, of course or you affecting but you're not affecting time in general. You're affecting the cells. You're rebuilding the cells. But you're, you're reversing the process that is you're reversing thermodynamically aging. inevitable. Got you're it. able to reverse that. In essence, what you're doing is bringing things back to their prior organized, more ordered state. It sounds like it's more as a you're regenerate, you're rebuilding the cell in a way, but you're not. It's not altering time. All right, take take humans out of the equation or any organic killjoy. Let's <laughs> I'm say, just trying to figure it out. What if you put a mirror in there, okay? okay. And you drop a, uh, a a ball peen hammer onto the face of the mirror and it shatters. Right. What if you're able to reverse that process to back and, the hammer up and to have the, the mirror reassemble? Is that backing up time? But are is you, that reversing time? Are you reversing the hammer back out of there or are you breaking the mirror and then the mirror is then reassembled where the 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 I guess particles or the atoms are reassembling the if if but you're not really making a hammer go forward and then backwards well, you're you just are rebuilding because you're reversing the actual process of the damage so if the hammer is the cause of the damage then by by reason of this analogy that that hammer would have to back up out of that mirror right the entire process would have so to you're be resetting reversed. things to their prior state. You're reversing, you're reversing time. You're taking a moment in time and you're going head. backwards to reset it to where it was when you first began right. the experiment. But I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Are you, is it just, is it just sort of rebuilding itself? 
to its former state. It's not. because Or is time the, actually being reversed? No, because all these particles are out there already at right. this point. Okay? All these qubits have already degenerated into one zeros and, and both randomly. Right. They're going back together in the exact same <laughs> order and in the time in which they were were, were were shattered. But is, I mean, is, then you ask the question, is this the difference between uh, reversing time and reversing aging? Like, is there a difference between the two? Because reversing aging, you're just taking a, a cell that's gone towards chaos or uh, whatever, yeah, okay, and see, then reversing no, see, that reversing to aging a non to me means state. to say that, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're repairing it and you're making it better than it was right. by inflicting a different force upon it. Right. Like you're putting moisturizer on right. to, to regenerate the cells and give them moisture. Right. This isn't an application of something that goes forward in time that, that benefits that. You're not affecting the, the, whatever your, whatever the experiment is in real time, you're actually taking it back through the process that it got to, to get to that point. Right. And you're bringing it back to its original point. So you're not making it better in real time. You're reversing the process backwards. It's as if sure. Superman is going around the, right. going around the earth and, and making the earth go in the this opposite is, direction in order much. to save Lois from the, this from the earthquake. It, that, 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 that crevice in right. the San Andreas fault is closing up again right. because Superman is reversing time. <sighs> this is too much. Right? It's too much. That's what I'm saying. I can't. Science fiction or science fact. Right. It's just too much because I, I can't wrap my head around it. If you're really reversing time or just reversing aging, which is a different. Well, why don't you trust these scientists? Because <sighs> they're Russians Moscow and I can't trust the Russians. are saying that they have accomplished this thing that no one's ever. Well, been then done can theoretically you can fast forward time. You could speed time up. If you can reverse time, then you can I speed time up. I suppose if you set the program instead of run backward, run forward, you could actually increase the decay of of Ugh. chaos within that ordered system but then i would think well i guess there would be some useful uh, practice to that but it, it, you're just you're just, just being get, more destructive get this life over with isn't that really like, kind of like what the a-bomb is it just kind of isn't that what we're just sort of doing hastening along chaos make watching these redskin games quicker that's true we should <laughs> i wouldn't mind that i could have used that run backward program last night when i was watching football Anyway, that was the first story. Okay. And that's then enough. that's enough for a whole day. No, this is a little more softer. This is a little easier to to uh, wrap your head around. Yet I think much more applicable to current uh, situation because this breakthrough in Moscow, this may be meaningful a uh, hundred years from now, yeah. right? We won't be around to see the benefits of that. I hope not. This one will be around to see. Oh, okay. Mediamente, as they say, south of the border. Yes, mm. that means immediately in that's Spanish. That's what I, I kind of deducted that one. Yes, these folks are uh, in Israel. How come America's not making any of these breaks? Because we're too busy in VR and YouTube. Watching Kim Kardashian and That's what we care about. All right. How about this? How about you're getting older? Imagine you're getting older. <laughs> I don't have to imagine that. And imagine your eyes are starting to go. Oh. Like those of us, like myself, who are getting older and reading is becoming a bit of a chore. Yeah. I got the warning from my eye doctor last week. I wear now the reading glasses. Nice. I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm the old man with the reading glasses. <laughs> and I don't like it. Not one little bit. <laughs> and you'll notice if you ever see me out in public and I have to read, I won't be wearing the reading glasses. I cheat. What I do is I put a reading contact lens in one eye and I leave my other eye uncontacted. 
And that eye serves as my long distance vision. It doesn't mess you up when you do that? You would think it would. And when my ophthalmologist, I believe that's the people who work on your eyes. You want to go down this road? Or optometrist. Maybe it's the optometrist. Yeah. The ophthalmologist, I think, is the eye doctor doctor. Yeah. And the optometrist is the guy who puts glasses on your face. Yeah. Anyway, he (laughs) said to me, I said to him, I like, look, it's just getting to be a bitch. My eyes are starting to go and I was fine for a while, but now I cannot read without the reading glasses and it's a massive pain in the ass. And I go out and I do these live shows and I want to see the audience, but I also need to read stuff and everything. And I don't want to be taking the glasses on and off. It's a big hassle. He goes, that's a simple fix. A lot of people do it. We put a, a reading contact lens in one eye and we leave the other eye alone. And that just is your long distance eye. And it's like, well, how is that going to be any good? Yeah. Because I'll just be stumbling around I like have an have one eye wandering off to the left and right. Wrong. Really? Turns out that your brain is such a, a remarkable machine that it it's initially it's a little disconcerting, but eventually your eyes compensate for the difference and it only sees the stuff at a distance through your distance eye and it only reads the stuff that you're reading through the close-up remarkable. contacted eye. Remarkable. So that's already... Science fiction or science fact? <laughs> science fiction or science fact? But the good people at Orassis Pharmaceuticals in Israel mm-hmm. have released their latest study, their phase two study, which means it's it's safe for human consumption, or so they claim, where you can put drops in your eyes that will allow you to read your your regular what? reading paper. Like without, liquid contacts? Yes. Without contact lenses or glasses, you put these drops in your eyes, and for four or five hours, you can read as well as you could when you were in your 30s. They don't have that for distance, though, do they? Not yet. Oh. Not yet. Apparently, what this uh, new uh, drug that they have created, these eye drops, it makes the lens more flexible. It makes it uh, more elastic. That's the reason as you get older, you need reading glasses because your uh, your eyes lens loses its elasticity and it can't be. Can't shift focus, right? It's, you know, it's a, it's a flexible thing, your yeah. eye lens, and it can be shaped for whatever your uh, focal length you need to, to see in. Um, as you lose the elasticity in that, your eye cannot make your lens go into the shape it needs to in order to read. This will re, re, uh, reestablish the flexibility of that lens and allow you to read for about four or five hours at a shot, and then it wears off. Wow. But that would be a godsend. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so far, it only treats uh, presbyopia, which is the uh, age-related farsightedness. But they say for folks over the age of 45, this is a real condition, and these drops will allow you to see clearly as you read and at a distance for up to four or five hours as a sh- at a shot. Wow. Now, the latest clinical results suggest that these drops are safe and effective. That's what they said about Zantac, too. And so they <laughs> started pulling it from the shelves. <laughs> but it means for those folks who need cheaters or readers, and when you go out to a restaurant and it's time to sign the bill and you got to find your reading glasses or else you don't know how much to tip, all that bad stuff that happens oh. as you get older, you put these drops in your eyes before you go out for the evening. Your money. And you're seeing as good as you wow. ever did. That's a Star Trek thing. That's that the kind is. of thing that Bones would give. Oh, Bones Captain would totally Kirk, do that. Right? Bones, I can't read my Captain's logs anymore. Well, Jim, just put some of these drops in your eyes. For four or five hours, you'll be able to see again. Fascinating, Doctor. Come on. <laughs> that is some science fiction. Why well, can't... Science fiction or science fact... You need to do a whole radio drama in Star Trek. 
<laughs> voyage of Captain Kirk's eyesight. About the most mundane shit. Well, that was in the, one of the movies, too. Remember, he can't take the drug that uh, that reduces, that allows old people to, to read again. And so Bones gives him those old reading yeah, old glasses dresses, yeah. as a birthday Star present. Star Trek 3, I believe. I, I don't remember which one it was, but right, I just, yeah. now that I was He's allergic play to acting, the, yeah. I remembered that uh, that's actually a thing. Yeah. Now Bones can just put these drops in his eyes. Amazing. Oh, we are living in a golden age. <laughs> If you live in Israel or... It's the new 1800s. Or Moscow. Not so much here. It is the new 1800s. <laughs> and that is the maybe one-time segment known as <laughs> Science Fiction or Science Fact. Science Fiction or Science Fact. I want those drops. Oh, me too. But I know. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get the drops and then... They're going to say, oh, yeah, we found out. Causes baldness. It puts uh, worms inside your eyes. And, oh. then, and no. it's alien time. Oh. They come screaming out with little fangs and they crawl out of your face. But the worms can read, though. <laughs> you're right. fine. They're really smart worms. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to you people, the beloved Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us, especially with your voicemail messages. You can leave one for me anytime you want. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just dial up the Ralph Report hotline. I listen to each and every one of them. Then I grab a handful and put them here at the top of the show. The phone number, by the way, in case you're curious, is one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. It's just that simple. It's called Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. Let's kick things off with Jason. He called in because of something I did uh, uh, just uh, just half-assed last week. Gave him an idea, and I got to say, this isn't the first time I've heard this. Hey, Ralph. Jason Scher, four-star general. Hey, I was thinking today after hearing you say the uh, 1833, hi, Ralph. Uh, you did the little Pee Wee Herman at the end there. Hi, Ralph. Why don't you <laughs> do 1833, hi, Ralph, in a different impression every day? That's one of the things I love that you do the most, and we don't get a lot of that on the Ralph Report, <clears throat> is your different impersonations. Mm -hmm. So maybe every day you can do the phone number in a different voice. That way we can hear a bunch of different voices, and you also save your vocal cords from the blowout you're <laughs> destined to have one of these days right. by getting so high-pitched. Yes. Just a thought, <laughs> uh, LMB. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, I will bleed out one of these days from a, a burst <laughs> vocal cord doing that bit. I, a lot of people have suggested this. Here's the only problem. I have no problem with it. But some of the members of the Garmy get cheesed off when I alter the well, game plan. Should we do a poll? When I when I shift to something else, they're like, oh, you know, that's my favorite thing. You didn't right, do that right. thing. But maybe if I make it a limited time thing, if yeah. I just say for the next week, I'm going to do it in a different voice every day. We'll go back to normal next week. But that could be their new favorite thing by then. That's true. And then I'm, I'd have to stick with it. And then I run out of impressions very quickly because I only do about eight. So uh, week's it's, an, it's an excellent idea, Jason. I think we'll try it out starting tomorrow. I will surprise you all with a brand new voice mm. with the high Ralph. So we'll see. We'll see who does that. But I've already blown Pee Wee. That was last week. Yeah, I know. You blew Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> yeah, you pretty much did blow me. <laughs> la, la, la. 
Um, <laughs> speaking of funny voices, we love around here when we do the uh, Eddie drunk thoughts, or in last week's case, it was Ralph and Eddie's mm, drunk yes. thoughts on uh, veterinarian. <laughs> I'll never say that word incorrectly again. Uh, Jacob called in with a kind offer that I think we need to take him up on. Eddie Jacob from Simi Valley here. Uh, I've been binge listening to podcasts, and I remember not too long ago, uh, Eddie mentioned uh, having drunk Eddie thoughts possibly animated. Now, I've been doing not anything publicly known, but behind the scenes, it's kind of a work in progress. I have been animating and practicing, and I would be willing to do that and upload it. So I, I was wondering if I could have your permission to... And maybe I can get it to you some way. So, yeah, no, I just wanted to run up idea by Ellen Yeah! Permission granted. Yes, please. Jacob, if you want to take a take a shot at animating one of our uh, Eddie's Drunk Thoughts, feel free. Uh-huh. And if you need the audio, reach out to me, Ralph at the RalphReport.com. Send me an email. Put uh, Jacob animation in the subject line or whatever, and I can send you the file if that helps. Got a nice clean copy of it. And if you want to take a shot at animating one of those segments, by all oh. means, you have our blessing. So excited. And then give it back to me. And then we'll post it up on Patreon. Yeah. Or if you want to do it on your own YouTube channel or whatever it is that you feel you need to do, don't cost me nothing. Yeah. So I don't care. Uh, take a shot at yeah. it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Get more people involved in the show. Exactly. Get, get more people, more eyes on it. Thanks for asking, though, Jacob. A lot of people just would have done it and said... Tough darts. Here it is. But Jacob is kind enough to go through proper channels and he's asking for uh, for an okay. So, okay. There you go. You got it from little John and from us. Just put us drunk at a bar stool. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Bar. Just us sitting just at, a, at a bar and just got to put Eddie's, you know, hair in the candy apple, with the candy apple out there and just uh, just let it rip. Put a bowl of peanuts in front of him and see what happens. Uh, usually we get the Eddie drunk thoughts out of Eddie explaining why he will not eat something. That's usually the modus operandi of those uh, segments. Mm-hmm. And we often wondered, what's up with Eddie and his refusal to eat so many delicious foods? Well, thank God, a trained mental health professional has finally called in really? with an answer. Here's Maggie. Hi, Ralph. This is Maggie. Um First time caller, long time listener, I guess, you know, for TV. But I've been listening to the saga of Eddie's picky eating and speaking as a mental health professional, I think I have an answer. Okay. Um, I believe he has what we like to call selective eating disorder mm. or neophobia. Basically, it's the fear of anything new. And it could just be related to textures and it's also related to having minor symptoms of OCD. And I just thought maybe he'd like an answer about that. But, uh, Anyway, ever need any psychology answers question? Let me know. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Dr. Maggie. I'll take you up on that. Why don't you send me an email with your contact info and you can be our go-to uh, yes. uh, psych ward person. <laughs> I definitely need to be in one. Yeah, so you could have some OCD or what sounds like a specific ailment known as selective eating disorder. Maybe. You have SED. It's weird. Like, I don't know if I have like an OCD because I don't, I mean, unless it's just simply focused on that because there's the other thing i don't have to like do anything else that's ocd you don't have to turn a light switch on no, and i'm not a light switch guy don't, things don't have to be in a certain spot you don't i don't have to wash to... your hands uh, no periodically i don't ever wash my hands oh that's lovely <laughs> well it's I'm a waste just, of time i'm glad to know that we just have a confirmation from a medical professional that as i've long expected um 
you are uh, certifiably insane. I think obviously, what she's saying. Obviously. She's saying you're criminally certifiably <laughs> I be insane. Up. I shouldn't be in public. You're a, you're a danger to yourself and <laughs> others. I think I'm, if I can read between the lines between what Dr. Maggie is saying, I'm pretty sure it's she's saying. It's very weird because like I don't. I'll try something. That doesn't mean I like it, but I don't like having a lot of different flavors at in one time in my mouth at yeah. one time. Yeah. I just don't. I don't like eating that way. Mm. Well, that's because you're insane. I Obviously. Think what I guess that's a mental disorder. That is time. You know, we do it once in a while. Well, more than that. We do a lot of it. When people want to know where something came from, here's today's. Hey, Ralph. Calling for my husband. We're driving to Six Flags right now. One star general. Uh, I just want to know where step on a crack, break your mama's back came from. Mm. Thank you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, they're having a good time on their way to Six Flags. I wonder which park they're going to. There's so many. Could be Six Flags over Texas. Yeah. Could be Great Adventure. That's a Six Flags yeah. park. We got one out here. Six Flags Magic Wait, Mountain. Magic Mountain. We had a uh, King's Dominion in Virginia where I grew up as a Six Flags park. There you go. They could be from anywhere, yeah. but they're having a good time and they want to know where it came from. The old saying when you were a kid, step on a crack, break your mama's back. I've heard that a couple times. You've heard that phrase a couple times? A couple times. That doesn't seem very common to me. You've maybe. never heard that phrase? No, not really. When I was a kid, heard everybody like, said heard like it. like once or twice. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. No. That's why people don't step on cracks. I step on all the cracks. Well, See, I don't have OCD. You're certifiably insane. That's why. It's time for Where Did It Come From? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Yeah, step on a crack, break your mama's back. It's a, it's from this uh, the Devo song. Whip it, whip it good. That's where step it came from. Step on a crack, break your mama's back. That's yeah, where it came that's, from. That's from the old saying. Where did you grow up? You didn't hear that saying. I didn't hear that saying. Kids said it forever. You don't step on the crack, you break your mother's back. No, never heard. Where did it come from? Well, there was what? There's this, this story floating around on the internet that is apocryphal. It is not true. That it's it's an it's a changeover from an old racist saying, which is "step on a crack and your mother's black." What? That's not a thing. That's, some people say that's the origin of it. Don't believe those people. That's it's not the case. It goes back actually to early European and American beliefs in the 15 and 1600s. Apparently, the idea that cracks, either on sidewalks or in wood or even in soil, were actually openings in the earth. That led to metaphysical, earthly, underworld realms. <laughs> that That's where the devil how, lived. How do we survive? How do we get to this point? If there were cracks in the earth, it means <laughs> hell was coming Obviously. up from the center of the earth Obviously. to us here on the surface yeah. of the planet. Obviously, there's a creature down there. Obviously. That's what the cracks were. It was evil spirits trying to get out of the earth mm -hmm. up to us here on the surface. Yeah. And so anytime, so that's why you had to avoid stepping on the cracks. If you stepped on the cracks, you would give access to all those evil demons and the things that were dwelling beneath the surface. You would give them access to you and your family. Mm. And so in order to uh, inspire children to stay away from the cracks, they gave them the saying, step on a crack, break your mother's back. That rhyme gave the kids the instructions not to tread on the cracks because that's where the demons dwelled. There was a, uh, a uh, another line that goes with it. Step on a line, break your father's spine. God, what was with that the was, back injuries? That was the complimentary uh, bookend to that phrase. Jesus. So in order to literally avoid the cracks, they would scare them to death by telling them that your mother would lose all mobility. 
because she would be paralyzed if you stepped on the crack. If you step in the crack, Eddie, you could bring on negative magic, uh-huh. which, of course, would affect not only you, but your entire family. Right. Here's the funny thing. A poll of 3,000 respondents in Great Britain recently found that one in 20 still would not step on cracks in the pavement, even though they really didn't think they would face any real life consequences if they did. But the long held superstition still held true in one out of 20 People in the UK who were uh, interviewed. Oh, my mom's like crazy superstitious. Is she really? She'll like she'll she has to go in whatever door she left the house from. She has to go back in that same door. Sounds like she's got OCD. She might. She won't go on her ladder. If a cat crosses the road, she'll dr- she'll turn around no and go find a way. different road to get back home. Like crazy shit. That is nuts. But she's not a crazy woman. If you talk to her, she's nothing crazy. But when it comes to like superstitious stuff, she is like crazy about superstitious. So she buys into all of them. All of Black them. Black cats, ladders. Black cats, ladders, Friday doors. the 13th, any of that stuff? Friday the 13th. My aunt won't do laundry on New Year's Day <laughs> because doing laundry on New Year's Day means you'll have bad luck all year long. That's magical. Insanity. Your right? family is special. <laughs> You have a long I didn't history have, of mental illness. I didn't have a puncher's family. chance getting out no, of that family. You really didn't. So anyway, that's where it comes from because uh, the black magic would come through the cracks from the center of the earth. So <laughs> don't step on a crack and break your mother's back. Because on the counter, you want to know why? We just told you why. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? No, fucking no. Yeah, guy just stepped on a crack. Yeah, that's what happened. Broke that's his spine. Happened. And lastly, we got a call from our old pal, Mike Serber. You know, Mike, of course, yes. is the uh, genius behind several of our jingles here on the show. Brilliant. Most recently, This Day in History, which, oddly enough, we're not doing today because on Mondays we do holiday right. or holiday. But Mike did call in. Apparently, at the end of last week, he was uh, undergoing some oral surgery, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to check in with the Garmy with this uh, fun little game he wanted to play. Hey, Ralph. This is Mike Server. I just got out of the dentist, um, and when I got in the car, I was in the middle of listening to the Ralph report on the way to the dentist, and now half of my mouth is numb, and so uh, I thought I would try to rap along with the This Day in History rap just to see if it was possible, and it's not. I thought you might get a kick out of it. Yes, so please. here it goes. I think this little boy had been scooped up out pretty simply. He's got a collar, never bought it, just had you a seat. He's got my head spinning faster than a drunk ID, and I'm knocking the back of the top of the of the level of tea. Oh, I give up already. Yeah. This is why I had to stay sober until after the live Ralph report. Yeah. Man, tongue twisters. But also, uh, I have to give a, a little shout out to Nitrous, because Nitrous is it while he's driving along the freeway. I don't know where he is, but Mike, thanks for calling in and uh, putting yourself up for ridicule for our entertainment. I appreciate that. That was a mess. Oh, thanks, Mike. Sounded like he was a little strokey there. Yeah, he did. Oh, man. (laughs) I hope we didn't see the future there, Mike. Take care of yourself. And that's it for our phone calls today. Thanks to everybody who called in and left your message. We truly appreciate it. You too can be featured on this segment. We got to take that first step. You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, 
Why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time for what we do every Monday, which is to take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. You see, every day of the calendar year, 365 days, they all have holidays assigned to them, and not all of them are legitimate. So we help you break it down with a segment we call Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday. Please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Before we get into today's holidays for Monday, October 21st, I wanted to talk about yesterday, which was, of course, October 20th. And we usually don't reach back for holidays, but I wanted to because of this little guy or gal who called in and left this message on the Ralph Report hotline. Hi, Ralph. Um... It is National Sloth Day. Bye. Yesterday was International Sloth Day, and that little person wanted to let us know that they wanted us to celebrate International Sloth Day. So cute. So by all means, uh, we're gonna we're gonna allow it. We're gonna allow yesterday's holiday into the mix. International Sloth Day, the day where we uh, think about the sloths. Eddie, think about the damn sloth. Think about them. Think how slow they are and how easily it is to kill them. <laughs> so many sloths die every year by kill, being killed by cars. They get, well, yeah, they go out into the road and why, they get run over. It's going to take an hour to get across the road. Or by by climbing on power lines. Oh, that's got to be a bad way to go. And many others are captured to be made into household pets. Which what? They, they, a lot of people just... Why would you want a sloth as a pet? They just grab them off a tree and they put them in a cage in their home. No, and the sloth can't do anything about do, it. Uh, yeah, it's really cruel. Don't do that. So this holiday has been enacted around the world since 1996 to uh, dedicate protecting all forms of wildlife, but especially the sloth. So be kinder <laughs> to the sloths. There you go, little person. We covered your holiday. Now let's move on to today's holiday, October 21st in the UK, by the way. Uh, the Steve Ashton should be celebrating this. Yeah. It is UK Apple Day, where they celebrate the joy and fun of apples. Hmm. Yes, apple enthusiasts come from around the country to share recipes for juice and cider and get advice from each other on how to properly grow their apples and get information on all the apple varieties available. It's an official event since 1990 in Covent Garden, and this event has been celebrated every year and is now celebrated all over the UK. It's Apple Day. Apple Day. Are you fucking kidding uh, me? What fruit needs less publicity than the goddamn apple? Is anybody just not up. eating apples? Fucking apple lobby. Everybody eats apples all the time. We don't need Apple Appreciation Day. <laughs> Stop it. How to make juice. My God. Squeeze the apple. I say, Nigel, how do you make your apple juice? Well, here's what I do. I take the apple and I cut it into slices. And then I put it into a juicer, you see. <laughs> And then we get apple juice. I say, capital idea. I should try that my own self. I, I take it back. I don't want a Star Trek radio drama. 
I want old English guys talking about apples. You want UK Apple Day Radio? <laughs> Dear Lord, come on, UK. Your whole country's falling apart. You don't know whether you're leaving the union or not. You got better things to worry about than your apples. <laughs> Stop it. Here's a UK holiday we can all get behind. This started actually in the UK and now it's international. Today is International Gin and Tonic Day. Oh, you know what? I, I, You're not a gin drinker, are you? Primarily, people know me, of course, as a bourbon drinker. I'm a brown liquor guy. I like Jack Daniels. Vodka also. I'm a big fan of uh, nice icy cold vodka, especially in that ice bar oh, we yeah. talked about in Vegas. Hey, sitting in a cold room. Uh, martinis, of course, love that. And I don't drink gin as a general rule. However, summertime, gin and tonic, that is a damn refreshing drink. I've been known to drink gin and tonics in the summertime. Huh. Yeah, I do like that. Well, it's 90 degrees in October here. Yes. And if I were to be at a picnic or sit outside and I was right offered now? a gin and tonic, I would absolutely accept the gin and tonic. I do okay. like the gin and tonic. And today is International Gin and Tonic Day. Fascinating story behind yeah. the gin and tonic, Eddie. What? Do you know what's in tonic water? You know what property? What? What? Uh, CO2? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Besides the bubbles. <laughs> That's what tonic water is, right? No. It's water and bubbles. That's club soda. Oh. Tonic water also has an element oh. in it called quinine. 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 Yes. Quinine is a substance that was used in the 1700s to help treat malaria. Hmm. And malaria is quite common in the British East Indian Company in India. It was becoming quite a problem. So to treat malaria... Uh, Dr. George Cleghorn, a Scottish doctor, discovered that quinine, a flavor component of tonic water, could be used to treat malaria. So he used to give his patients straight quinine. Now, it tasted like ass. So does tonic water. No. See, that's where you're wrong. So <laughs> British officers in India began adding water, sugar, lime, and gin to the quinine to make it more palatable. So they would drink that down. And those are the elements that are now the modern day gin and tonic. Do you, but you don't, do you drink straight gin? You have to put it, or you drink it with tonic. You can drink straight gin. Right, sure. but, the, but most people the, drink the, gin and the tonic. The original martini. Martini is a oh, gin drink. Is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's a good bartender. Yes. The martini is a gin drink. <laughs> now, if you want it made with vodka, you have to ask for a vodka okay. martini because a regular martini is already automatically gin. So there's a lot of gin drinks out there, and people do hmm. just drink gin on the rocks as well. Okay. But the, the gin and tonic was created because people were using gin and sugar and water and lime to mask the taste of this quinine drug that they were taking to treat their malaria. Hmm. So soon or later, they, the, the drink caught on. Malaria stopped being an issue, but people kept drinking it because they loved it so They kept much. drinking medicine. Well, sort of. That's kind yeah. of weird. Gin itself was used as a medicine. Well, yeah, but that's also when they would put leeches on you. In the 17th century. Right. Uh, when bloodletting was a thing. made from juniper berries was sold as a cure for medical issues like gout, <laughs> gallstones, and stomach problems. <laughs> so the gin and tonic has a long storied history, especially in, the, in Britain, and it's a big, big thing. Okay. So I say yay. I drink it up. I will. I could have one right now. It's also National Reptile Awareness Day. Be aware of your I'm reptiles. I'm uber aware of reptiles. Yeah. It is uh, not only for reptile lovers to celebrate, Eddie. Haters, too. <laughs> but also to promote education, oh. conservation, and appreciation for reptiles, reptiles so there are less reptile haters, I think is what okay. they're saying. I don't hate reptiles. A lot of reptiles have a bad rap. People don't like snakes in general. Well, no. They say, oh, they're scary and they're slimy, which they're not. They're very dry-skinned. <laughs> 
They are. Yeah, but you look so scary. If you skin. walk, if you're walking in the woods and you hear a rattle, you're jumping. That means that snake is afraid of you. It of does, course, it does. Doesn't mean that you're still you should scared be afraid of that of the, snake. The rattlesnake. If you back off, it'll leave you alone. I know it will. Well, but then, you're telling me you're not scared. You're just stone cold. <laughs> No, badass walking by. But that's conditional. That's that's cultural conditioning. We've been taught to fear snakes, and it's really oh unnecessary. God. It's true. It's Except the fact that they're poisonous and they can kill you. Well, more people are killed by people than are killed by snakes. Oh, okay. Should we be afraid of people? All right. <laughs> How about turtles? You afraid snakes of turtles? Snakes don't kill people. People kill people. Are you afraid God. of turtles? Um, if I wasn't expecting to see a turtle in a certain spot, yes, I would be afraid of that turtle. If I'm walking through my house and there's a turtle in my bathroom, I'm like, what the fuck. I would be frightened of that turtle. <laughs> in the so woods, harmless. in the woods, no, I'm not afraid of a turtle. Uh, lizards, crocodiles, snakes. Of course, there's more than 1,000 species of reptiles, and so this day promotes the wide varieties of their habitats and how we benefit from reptiles as well. They're actually our animal friends. Okay, yeah. they eat bugs, right? They do. Yeah. They eat a great. That's many why we things. benefit. They from eat them. a lot of varmints and varmints. rodents. Yeah, the snakes do. Yeah, they, they do. get rid of the mice. Yeah, so they eat. Uh, they they're they're an important so, part of our ecosystem. So they can't find mice, and then they come for the people. Stop it. Um, here's the thing. Do you know what def- what the definition of a reptile is? Cold blooded. Yes. Very well. Very good. <laughs> Anything else? Um, scales. Yes. Very good. Okay. One more. One more. Shit. One more thing defines. Something with their eyes, right? No. Oh, it has to do with their uh, their eggs. They lay their eggs. Oh, they on lay land. eggs on land, yes. not in the water. Right. If it were uh, a land and water, it'd be an amphibian, which is a different, oh, which is way different, different class. Yeah. Okay. So happy uh, reptile day, everybody. Even though Eddie's afraid of a snake. Only if it. In, uh, you're afraid of snakes, too. Save your gonna, anger for this one. I'm gonna, okay. It's also Count Your Buttons Day. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Today is Count Your Buttons Day, Eddie. Buttons, they say here, <laughs> yeah. are an important part of our everyday life. Garments, what would we be without buttons? How would we fasten our shirts, our jackets, our pants, and pockets? I'm a zipper guy. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. I got both. I got the button fly and the zipper well, I, fly. I have, I have the button on the jeans, but yeah. then I, I got have a zipper. Button, I got some button fly jeans as well. I, don't, I I gave those up a while ago. Kind of a chore. It's just too much. That's um, pointless. It's count, like a stick shift. It says here, uh, this is a great way to make sure all of your garments are in order and then they all have all their buttons on them. So you can count them oh. on your shirt to make sure do you that, do you, that you're not missing any buttons. And you can ruminate on the idea of a life without buttons. Ruminate yes. on a life without Think buttons. Think about what our lives would be like without buttons. Let's get snaps. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you absolutely would just move on to snaps <laughs> or wear T-shirts. Counting your buttons, it says here, Eddie, can be both practical and fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun. Practical, I understand. Did you know the button was originally first used in 13th century Germany? That's when buttonholes first made their appearance. And it was an immediate sensation. <laughs> it caught on like wildfire. It did. By the 14th century, everybody <laughs> had buttons on everything. Buttons have a fascinating history, they say. And it's also a great hobby. You can collect. Hobby? You can co- no, collect, you're not collecting buttons. Collect and then count your buttons on oh, this. Dude. Count your button day. That's psychotic. You got to be fucking Fuck. kidding me, button people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Could you imagine going to someone's house like, hey, you want to see my button collection? 
You'd have to sit there and go, okay, that's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch you. Let me, let's see your button collection. Let me count your buttons. Can you come over here? I've got to count You'd your buttons. You'd be trapped at a party if someone offers to see your button collection. Sounds like you, someone, someone from your family would do it. They your probably aunt, your would. Your comes over at the holidays and stuff. She has a doll collection. I can't though. leave the house unless I count your buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I got to leave through the same door. I got to count seven buttons or I can't leave a house. <laughs> got to make sure you, all your buttons are on your shirt. That's probably superstition. That's fucking nuts. That's bananas nuts. Count your buttons. Buttons Day. Button collecting. If that's collecting. A, if you have room in your life for count your buttons day, just kill yourself. Because you, that's not oh that's not God. a life well lived. Oh, I've thrown out so many buttons. We all do. Buttons are you disposable. You get that bag of buttons on a shirt. Oh, my God. That yeah. immediately goes in the garbage with the with buttons, the price tag. Buttons, nothing. Buttons. <laughs> if I lose a button on a shirt, you know what I do? New I sh- throw the shirt out. New shirt. <laughs> New shirt. Really, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Buttons. <laughs> My lord. Next would be like, appreciate parsley day. Is that, is really where we're at now? Oh. Where every, just every minutia of life now has to be celebrated and have its own day. God damn it. All right. You know, I saved the food related holidays for the end because it's always fun to see whether Eddie Pence and his, uh, criminally insane OCD would allow him to eat not something OCD. or not. Not OCD. We pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine after I talk about the food. If three of those items come up on the reels, well, then there's a big payout and there's much rejoicing. If there's only two items that come up on the reel and the third one being a dud, that <laughs> means that Eddie won't eat it and it's just sad for all of have us. Have you seen my hair? There's no way I have OCD. No, that's true. There's just no way. No. No one with OCD would wear my hair Look, the way I wear my hair. Dr. Maggie says it's a specific form of, so maybe you just have a little, okay. just a little touch right. of it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this food. Let's see whether Eddie Pence will eat it or not. It is National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. National Pumpkin Cheesecake. Cheesecake, one of America's favorite desserts. And by adding pumpkin, they say here, we celebrate the essential flavoring of the season. We are in red hot pumpkin flavor yeah. season right pumpkin now. Pumpkin mania right Frankly, now. Frankly, I'm I'm a little fed up with all the pumpkin. I don't need pumpkin in everything. I don't need pumpkin Oreos. I don't need the pumpkin spice lattes. I don't need pumpkin spice, pumpkin this, pumpkin that. I've had an ass full of pumpkin. <laughs> this time of year. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another place I don't want any pumpkin in my ass. It's just, it's overdose with the pumpkin. Pumpkin ice cream, pumpkin. My wife brought home pumpkin uh, chips the other day. Pumpkin chips? Yes. They're like tortilla chips, but they're made with pumpkin. No, with like pumpkin, like a pumpkin rind or God, something? God, I don't know, because I steered far clear of them, because I've just, I'm fucking fed up with pumpkin. I don't need any more pumpkin. But today they say pumpkin cheesecake, <laughs> on top of being a, a mix of fresh Soft cheese, cream cheese, or cottage cheese, eggs, sugar creates a base. And then you can put a gr- crushed graham cracker, of course, in the crust. And you can add pumpkin to the crust or you can add it to the filling. Just, just, just jam as much fucking pumpkin <laughs> in there as you possibly can and serve it up. Is Eddie Pence going to eat it or not? Let's find out by pulling the hand of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Here we go. We got one pumpkin, two pumpkins, and no pumpkins. No. And you know what? I'm not even going to give any no. shit about this one. Fuck pumpkin <laughs> in all its many varieties that we have to now deal with every time fall comes around. They just jam pumpkin down but our was throats. Was pumpkin doing bad before, like, the last 
10 years like i didn't think pumpkin that we had the, we had the right amount of pumpkin i thought it was just right as it was well. just the right and then all of a sudden like 10 15 years ago it was just everything is pumpkin i don't understand when it became the flavor du jour where everything had to have some kind of pumpkin in it from mid-september through the new year i don't understand yeah. why pumpkin is everything because just even if halloween's done you're not done because you still have thanksgiving coming up and that's so much pumpkin. there's so much pumpkin there so much pumpkin Pumpkin pie seems to me to be pretty much the perfect use of pumpkin. We've yeah. talked about it before. I like oh, the actual gourd itself. I've had sautéed pumpkin and cooked pumpkin and pumpkin puree. And there's different ways you can use it that have been used for generations. Right. This new, this new phrase. It's phrase everything. Of pumpkin, uh, it's in everything. Yeah, I'm not behind. I it. like pumpkin pie, and that's about it. I'm not enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, pumpkin cheesecake day. No. I'm sorry, we're not. <laughs> we're not down with that. And that's it for today's holiday. Or holiday. And now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. On every Monday, we like to take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office to see what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. It's kind of a mixed bag. This list this week at number one, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the sequel to the uh, first Disney Maleficent movie, did come in at number one, but it only made $36 million Ooh. here in North America, which is not nearly enough money to justify its $190 million production cost. It cost that much? Yes. Hey. $36 million is an opening, by the way, that's also 50% below the original movies opening from 2014 so think that by was, all accounts this is not a good sign for this I didn't film. think that movie was big enough to require a sequel it didn't seem like it was that big of a hit to begin with it opened with 70 million dollars the first one yeah wow. it made a lot of money now here's the good news for Maleficent uh, internationally in its opening weekend, it made over um, about $117 million around the world. So oh, so they made their money back. More or less. They will. If yeah. it hasn't already, it'll probably break even sometime in the next couple of weeks. But still, that's not the, the not business model they're no, looking for. So much you want to have a sequel. At number two was Joker. Joker dropped to number two this weekend with $29.2 million. Hmm. At number three, Zombieland 2, Double Tap. That was disappointing. It came in with $26.7 million, I only good enough to make that. it number three. I thought for sure that would open at one. Well, you have to remember, it's 10 years since that yeah, film came out. And I think a lot of people are just like, eh. Wow. Didn't even know I was missing. Number yeah. Two. Number four was that Adam's Family animated cartoon. That was fourth at the box office. Then Gemini Man, Abominable. Down Abbey still hanging in the top ten at number seven with $3 million. Judy. Which is getting a lot of Oscar buzz and Judy, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, the Judy but, Garland Yeah, thing. but I don't know anybody who's seen it yet. That's with Renee Zellweger, Renee right? Renee Zellweger is Judy Garland, yeah. Number nine was Hustlers, and then at number ten, It Chapter Two. Mm. So, uh, I can't imagine we're going to see Maleficent 3, if that's the Probably not, if it, yeah, it's got to open bigger than that. Speaking of movies... You want to know where Eddie Pence will be tonight during the halftime of the ESPN Monday night football game between the Patriots and the Jets? Well, you'll find him online after the final trailer for the film drops tonight. That's when tickets will go on sale yep. for episode nine of the Star Wars franchise, The Rise of Skywalker. Have the alert set on my phone and everything. I'm sure you do. 
Thursday night, December 19th. Just, I'll be there. Just to keep you uh, in the loop, if you didn't know, tonight again, during the Monday Night Football game, they're going to show the final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, and the minute that trailer is over, you'll be able to buy your advanced tickets online, which I'm sure will crash servers and websites. Let me get you on while I'm doing it? No, I'm good. Okay. I'll see it about a week after it opens, and it'll be the exact same movie, and it will be no oh, mania. No. And there won't be any douchebags waving plastic light-up swords. That's the best part. That is the far from the that best part. That is the part. best part. It's not enough that there's something on the screen to watch. I want everyone to watch me. It would be wonderful if we could somehow make this about me. Give them their could moment. Could you please... Stop caring about what's on the screen so much, and look at me. I have this robe that Mother made, and I also have an actual lightsaber that I bought in Disneyland. It cost me $200, but it's a wonderful, a wonderful toy that, that I much. get to play with. And please make this experience more about me and less about the actual film, because I'm desperate for attention, and I'm very, very lonely. I take it back. I don't want a radio drama about Star Trek or English guys making apples. You want the, I want that guy. You want the Star Wars fan on opening day? I want that guy's radio drama. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Oh, I love it. Can't you just go to the movie? It's my favorite. Stop it. You have the conventions. You got all the things oh. you can do afterwards. Just sit there and let the movie makers oh, have the their best. moment in event. the spotlight. Everybody cheering. It's a... It's a blast. My lord. While we're talking about giant films, more people coming out to bash on Marvel movies. I don't know, if you I saw know get not. over it. Francis Ford Coppola now joining in saying it's not real cinema and Scorsese is. The guy who hasn't made a movie in 40 years? <laughs> All right, buddy. It's just. It's really getting wearying now on me. All these people piping up. Why is this even a conversation we're having? I don't know. And here's the problem. Fucking media loves it. Eats this shit up. It just gives them some clickbait to put out there just to get everybody's blood boiling and get people reading more websites and getting everybody angry enough. I'm very angry when I read things like that because these films are very important to me. They are the modern mythology for me and my generation. That guy, he's very upset. So, uh, the one good story is that Natalie Portman's coming to your rescue. Yeah, Natalie. Girl. She, of course, will be reprising her role as Jane Foster. She's going to be Thor. In the MCU for Thor, Love and Thunder, which yeah. sounds like a porn parody. Oh, still, I can't to wait. Me, you think. Um, yeah, she's going to be Lady Thor in that film. And so they asked her, how do you feel about all these old school directors coming out and slamming Marvel movies? Scorsese said they were theme parks, not really cinema. And she said, I think there's room for all types of cinema. Right? There's not one way to make art. Really? I think that Marvel films are so popular because they, they're really entertaining and people desire entertainment when they have their special time after work, after dealing with the hardships in real life. So that's... that's Escapism. All, that's all it is. It's just pleasure for some people. There's it's, room at the table for everything. It's two and a half hours of pleasure. <laughs> Enjoy it. Fucking cranky old men, man. Well, you know what the problem is? They're angry that they're not making the box office that they used to make with films like The Godfather and Apocalypse Now and things like that. Those were the big money earners, and now it's these, and these guys are being relegated 
to the Netflixes and the streaming services of the world. And I say, it's all fine. Who cares where your product is being consumed? It's all, it's all entertainment. Honestly, we if, get it all. If anything, that gives them more freedom to make the films they truly want to make. But when they, they go into a theater, they gotta they gotta sort of make a film that the studio will put into a theater to make money. Yeah. On Netflix, they can have free range to do what kind of what they want. I agree. I just I I don't even know why this is a conversation. If it's if it's a movie, then it's a movie. Doesn't yeah. matter what the content is. It's it's all it's it's, <laughs> it's like saying, um, you know, a, a humor book isn't a book like. You know, David Copperfield by Dickens is a book. Right. That that one is more of a book than the other. Yeah. No, you sit down and you crack the cover and you read the words inside of it, or, right? Or a great. It's not really. It's not no. really an argument you can have. No. Or like a great comedic performance isn't is the same as a great dramatic performance. It's all acting. It's all acting, and comedy is sometimes way more difficult than drama. Dear Lord, ain't that the truth? <laughs> All right. Uh, congratulations to Jennifer Lawrence, who's been in her share of comic book movies. She got married over the weekend to Cook Maroney. Apparently, uh, she married a gangster from the 1920s. <laughs> the Dick Tracy guy. <laughs> Villain. <laughs> Listen, you mugs. You guys are in big trouble. Cook Maroney's on his way, and he's heard what you've been up to, and he's not happy the way you're running the racket, see? He's got spatula hands. <laughs> His hair looks like a big chef's like a hat. Chef's hat. <laughs> Freeze, Cook Maroney. I'm Dick Tracy, and I'm taking you down. <laughs> yeah, she married Cook Maroney, who apparently is an art gallery director. No, he's not. Like, that's a job. Um, <laughs> like, he's not going to live off of her for the rest of his life. She is 29. He is 34, first marriage for both, Good and for apparently him. it was quite the star-studded event, as you can imagine. It was there at the uh, Belcourt of Newport, a pretty spectacular Rhode Island mansion. They said it looks like, uh, I don't know, something out of Versailles or something like that. Mm. And it was star-studded. Uh, Chris Jenner was there. Oh, was Asley, she? Uh, Asley, Ashley Olsen. That's the, Chris Jenner is the Jenner. No, oh, that's the Jenner. Yeah, oh, that's, that's the mother of the Kardashians. Oh, gotcha. I yeah. get them confused. Yeah, you're thinking of, uh, what's... Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. That's it. Yes. Uh, Emma Stone was there, Cameron Diaz, Nicole Richie, Sienna Miller. Oh, my God. So many people I would want to spend no time with at all were at that wedding. I wouldn't think they would be at Jennifer Lawrence's wedding. She seems so much cooler than that. Right. Yeah. Although I can, I, I think she's a cool chick, and she's really fun and very talented, and I think she'd be fun to hang out with. But I get the sense, if you crossed her or she was upset about something, she could make your life a living hell. Oh, yeah. Hell. You could see that. I think Cook Maroney's in for real trouble, see? <laughs> You're gonna thank your lucky stars, Cook Maroney. Drop it hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, lastly, when it comes to show business and crime, Bob Zamuda has been arrested. Why? Yeah, you got popped for DUI. Oh. Which, again... I always say, in this day and age, just no reason anyone should ever be arrested for drinking under, uh, driving under the influence. Anymore. Was it alcohol or was it weed or I mean, DUI? Um, could let be. me see what it says here. It doesn't really say. Oh, he could have just been high. Maybe. Uh, he was arrested in South Lake Tahoe. Could be anything. Could be any drug. Yeah. Thing. He was arrested and then had uh, his mugshot taken before being released on $5,000 bail. Oh. So no word exactly on what he was under the influence of. But he'll be in court to face those charges what relatively Tony soon. Tony Clifton will bail him out. Yeah. Tony Clifton will bail him out. <laughs> was it really Bob Zamuda or was it maybe I don't Andy know. Kaufman in disguise? Oh, Who I don't knows? even know. Yeah. He's playing chess. And I misspoke. This is the last story. I wanted to say goodbye to one of my favorite character actors, Bill Macy. The great Bill Macy has passed away at the age of 97. 
For those who ever watched the uh, All in the Family spinoff called Maud, starring B. Arthur, he played her husband Walter on that television show. But he was in a lot more than that. He was a big Broadway star as well. He was in some of my favorite movies. He played Cy Benson alongside Peter O'Toole in a film called My Favorite Year, which I talk about quite a bit, from 1982. If you've never seen that, it's a story about um, doing a live TV show, live comedy show in the 50s. Peter O'Toole plays like an Errol Flynn movie star doing live television for the first time. And Bill Macy plays the producer of that show, and he's hilariously funny. Uh, Some people may remember him from The Jerk with Steve Martin. He plays the salesman who shows up at the gas station. Oh, yeah, with the handle on the glasses. Who encourages yeah, yeah. Uh, Navin R. Johnson yes. <laughs> to uh, to put that handle in the middle of the glasses <laughs> to keep him from slipping off. The OptiGrab. The OptiGrab. The OptiGrab. <laughs> Here's a little piece of that scene between Steve Martin and the late, great Bill Macy, who passed away at 97 wow. over the weekend. It's a pretty good run. Use the handle. Well, I'll be. It works. You know, I make a pretty good living selling shit like this. I'll tell you why. <laughs> If I can develop this gizmo, I'll split with you 50-50. Okay. How much are we for the gas? I got a truckload of shit to sell. 2641. That's a triple dix. Keep the change. Wow, thanks. <laughs> Keep the change. <laughs> I got a truckload of shit to sell. I got a truckload of shit. They hate these cans. <laughs> he hates these cans. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Uh, rest in peace, Bill. Now it's time to take a look at all the celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, October 21st. Singer-bassist Nick Oliveri from Queens of the Stone Age. He is 48 years old today. We get some rules to follow That endless endless. No Keyboardist Manfred Mann is 79 years old today. Had his own band, of course, Manfred Band's Earth Band. Um, they were, man, what a crazy career. In the 60s, they started off with a hit called Do Wah Diddy. Of course, you know from Stripe, that's yeah. the one they're dancing to. That was theirs. They did another song called Mighty Quinn. Then they were silent for a long time. And then they exploded in the 70s doing a cover of a Bruce Springsteen song. Blinded by the light. Wrapped up like a douche Another runner in the night That is deuce, by the way. It's not, not douche. Not douche. That was wrapped up like a deuce, which is a two-seater sports car. Or a turd. Like a deuce. 79 years old today. Actress Joyce Randolph from The Honeymooners is 95 years old. She's still today. alive? Yeah, she played Ed Norton's wife yeah. on The Honeymooners. Wow. She's still with us. Guitarist Steve Cropper, one of the great all-time guitarists. Rolling Stone ranked him as 39th on its list of the 100 greatest rock guitarists of all time. He was part of the house band at uh, Stax Records, which was sort of like what Motown was, but they did it out of Memphis. And he backed artists like Otis Redding and Sam and Dave and so many great blues acts and R&B acts, including uh, the Blues Brothers. He was a member of the Blues Brothers band. He was the guy with the beard and the real long hair. That's Steve Cropper. He was also a member of uh, Booker T and the MGs, which was uh, its own hit-making effort out of Stax Records. They had hits like this one. Yeah. 
TV judge Judy Scheinlin. Judge Judy is 77 years old today. Just made another $42 million this year. My God. <laughs> Man. Just give me one. One mil? If you're making $42 million, <laughs> you can give me one. That's you're not old. even going to miss it. No. Rich people are so greedy. She has some accountant stealing it from her anyway. She doesn't even know. Oh, man. Singer Elvin Bishop, singer-songwriter. He is 77 years old today. Little Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains. He was the young son on Growing Pains. He's now 43. Oh, my God. He was the youngest one oh. of the Seaver family. Oh. Now he's 43. He's 43. He probably needs those drops so he can read. That's oh, how old he is. oh man. How's that old does that make you feel? Really old. Two years older than him. Charlotte Caffey, guitarist for the Go-Go's, is 66 years old today. And Eddie, I don't know if you heard the news or not, but last night in concert in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the band Toto announced that would be their last live performance ever. Oh. 40 years of Toto. And gone. Gone. Like Wrapped up with their final show last night. And the reason I bring that up is because guitar guitarist, guitarist Steve Lukather of Toto celebrates his 62nd birthday today. He said last night, I don't know what the future future is going to be, but I do know that's the last show for the foreseeable future. It's certainly the end of this configuration of Toto. So Toto fans everywhere are mourning today as we say goodbye to Toto. IP Toto. <laughs> Sounds like he's ready to kick somebody out of the band is what it sounded like. It does. This configuration of <laughs> yeah, Toto was done. is fucking That's done. What it sounds like. After being on the road, because they were doing their 40th anniversary tour. Right. That was the last show of the tour. Tour of the state fairs, right? I think he's pretty... No, they play big venues. Oh, do they? Yeah. Really? They have a huge nostalgia following, yeah. They, they still pack them in. For the I, one song. My wife and I went to see them. Now, they've got other hits. Um, <laughs> Rosanna, Rosanna, remember that one? I, I guess. Oh, the line, da, 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 da. love is in always on time. All right, okay. Hold the line. They got That's that one. one. They, they got, got that a bunch one. Of hits. Right. Yeah, I saw them with uh, Pat Benatar, double feature. Pat Benatar, oh my god, Toto. that was the Wayback Machine. That wow, night, that was big fun. <laughs> but uh, no one is uh, no one is sadder than than. Then carry it that the Toto. Oh no! Fan. Oh yeah, huge. Oh, it hit Toto her hard. Fan. Huge Toto fan. She's very. Well, she saw him live, right? Once. Several times. Several times. Yes. So more than any a... right-thinking person really should see <laughs> Toto live, quite frankly. But they are no more. At least in this aren't in incarnation. Until they kick out Dave the bassist. <laughs> Until Cook Maroney steps in. See, <laughs> he's taking over this racket. And that's it for today's celebrity birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And that's it for today's show. We had more fun than we had a right to, quite mm. frankly. I hope you did, too. Come on back tomorrow. That means Tuesday. 
That means TV tunes on Tuesday. And we got your entertainment news. Steve Ashton will be stopping by with a UK update. We're going to have a blast. But it's not as much fun unless you're on board. So come on back, won't you? Love you. Mean it. Bye.